In this episode of the Posterity Podcast, Wilson and I talk about the mysterious Ocean Gate tragedy and the common misconception that you might have about the people behind it. So without further ado, let's get into it. I'm Wilson Patrick. And I'm Cruz Cotton. And this is the Posterity Podcast. Cruz, I guess you kick us off. So basically, this billionaire and his son went down in the submarine to see the Titanic, and after a few days, they just disappeared, and no one could find them. So Cruz, you're 15 years old, and I'm only 36. Um, do you know anything about the Titanic? I just want to make sure. I mean, yeah, like obviously, we learned about it in like third grade or something, but I don't right. really know. Yeah, so... Um, the Titanic was supposed to be this unsinkable ship, you know, and they even had headlines that so, said that the Titanic could not sink. It was unsinkable. First voyage they go out, they were likely trying to beat their time frame for their maiden voyage where they could show up early. And so instead of slowing down and looking for these icebergs, uh, it was a really foggy night and it was too late. They hit the iceberg and there were so many wealthy people on board because this was the Titanic's maiden voyage. So you had the billionaires of today on, on board and, and many of them lost their lives. And so to think that however many years later, um, going to see that very wreck, we lost another extremely wealthy man and his son. And supposedly his son didn't even want to be on that trip. Really? Yeah, like uh, it said that he was nervous about going yeah. and his dad kind of like forced his hand. But of course, you know, his dad didn't think that it was going to implode. He was just trying yeah. to say, hey, this is a once in a lifetime trip. And they paid. Uh, it's like 120000 or something yeah, like that. Yeah, 500000 500000 For two of them, yes. Oh my goodness. I know, so it's, it's just crazy. Like uh, you obviously don't think that the problem would be implosion. I mean, yeah. you would think, Maybe the engines would stop working. Uh, but you, in your research, you told me some things that I didn't even know that uh, what they were using to like oh, control yeah. the ship. And like all I could see how his son wouldn't want to go on that because from what I've seen, it's kind of more like, for lack of a better term, like janky um, right. thing. So they used like an Xbox controller basically to control the whole thing. It was like this old Logitech gaming controller. I like your prop. And, That's yeah, really good. Yeah. <laughs> and they, um, they had security cameras from like just the store. Didn't you say they had something from like camper? Oh yeah. The light in there was from campers world, something yeah. like that. And so it was like, just sort of put together, like, let's see how cheap we can make this. And then let's go 12,000 feet under the water. I know this is like something like cousin Eddie would come up with or something, <laughs> except the guy was supposedly extremely smart. Uh, what did you say that his background was? Yeah, he, he was an aerospace engineer and he had like manufactured and made, not manufactured, but made his own aircrafts in the past and flew them. So he had experience in making stuff, but he, he just tried, I guess he just tried to see how if he could do this and yeah, I mean, I heard that it was like a carbon fiber hull and it was carbon fiber and another material. I think it was titanium and, um, you can pressure test something like that. Like one time, um, two times, three times, but you don't know how many times before it's actually going to have a failure. Oh, yeah. And so the mixing of two materials, it was kind of an unknown, how long is this going to last? And so there was likely some, you know, fractures in it that were at the microscopic level. And when you're talking about that level of pressure at that depth, it's insane. Um, do you have, you probably have a statistic on it, don't you? So basically I saw this video and it was explaining the pressure of that they undertook. So already 100 meters down, that's like the length of a soccer field. That would be 145 PSI pressure on your chest or 
20,880 pounds of like just pressure on you. And so that had to withstand that already at just 328 feet. And then the, and how deep were they going? Yeah, they went down, let's see, 12,417 feet. And so at that depth, they had 5,532 um, pressure per square inch on them. And that would, that's equivalent to 797,000, almost a million um, pounds of pressure. That's insane to think about a million pounds of pressure and five guys on like a Coke can. If you've ever like grabbed a Coke can, and we learned this um, in, in construction, like if you have a wall and you're like trying to like backfill the wall or whatnot, the higher you go and if you have backfill on the inside of it, you have a lot of pressure pushing it out. But if you fill the other side of it, it equalizes it and you don't have the pressure inside down. But um, like a Coke can, when you've got, you know, pressure inside of it, you can't squeeze it. Right. But then when it's just air on the inside, it crunches, you know? And so that's basically what's happening. You have all this external pressure under there and it just crunch like a Coke can. And yeah, you can imagine that much water. There's 12,000 feet of water above you. How much, how much that would weigh. And, and the, and there's like no light at that depth oh, yeah. either, you know, to like, there's no way that light can filter down that deep. So it's insane. And you know, this, um, article, this really cool article I got um, pulled up. It says the U.S. Navy says it detected sounds consistent with an implosion shortly after the sub lost contact on Sunday during the descent to the Titanic. You know, it was funny when they started reporting all this stuff, it was, uh, there was nothing about the, the Navy detecting an implosion or anything like that. I don't know if they were keeping that close to the vest or if they were, you know, trying to just verify before they say anything. But um, the weird thing about this whole thing is that the um, the wreckage was only 1,500 feet off the bow of um, of the existing Titanic wreck. So they're looking in a 10,000 square mile grid or some huge grid that they were looking, and they're doing all these you know sonar detections. But then it was only 1,500 feet off of. The bow of the Titanic. So I, I know that you know a little bit more about this than me. So who were all of the people that were on board whenever this tragedy happened? So there was a guy that's been to the Titanic many times. Um, he was kind oh, of, yeah. I don't know if you call him a historian or what you call him, a Titanic historian. Yeah, I saw but He said he had been on it 37 times. Yes. And so he came and I'm guessing what he was going to do is he was going to kind of be the guy that tells the billionaire and his son all about, you know, different things. And we're on this side of the Titanic and this is what happened. So you could have like almost like a tour guide there. Mm -hmm. And then you have the guy who's actually piloting the ship. I don't know who the other guy was because I think there was five. And then you have this billionaire and his 19 year old son. So I, I'm just questioning, like, what would prompt you to go down that far to see the Titanic? Dude, like it's cool, but like I don't want to do that. <laughs> no, it's, it is. It is. I guess when you get older like me, you're like, dude, that would be so cool to see like the Titanic and the history. Yeah. And if you're like a history buff, you know, which I'm sure he probably was, you wanted to, to go down and see it. So I'm not trying to jump subjects too quickly here. But um, locally, I saw another article that came out about a different subject. It's um, about the most dangerous beach in America. Do you know where that is? I believe it's Panama. It's Panama City. Yes. Panama City through Destin has become the most dangerous beach in the, uh, in America because we've had more deaths there than any other beach. Yeah. And, and I, um, that's where we, my whole family goes there like 
three times a year. I mean, so. you were there like last week. Yeah, we were week. there last week. Yeah. And so it was like a double red flag, wasn't it? Oh, yeah. It was a double red flag. And there were still people out there surfing. And there was like this car, uh, the police or somebody, beach police, something like that. They they were driving by in these trucks and they would, if they saw anybody out there, they'd call them in and they'd give them like a $500 fine or something Gosh. like that. And those people were like just out there surfing. I bet, yeah, I bet a bunch of surfers were mad. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and my, my mom actually sent me a picture of, a riptide that was, I, I don't remember if it was on Destin or if it was just a riptide, but I'd never seen a riptide before. And it's crazy because it looks like such a safe place to enter because there's no waves there because they're, the waves are exiting. So it looks like it's, oh, that's just, that's a good place to enter because there's no choppiness right there. And so they go in there and they get sucked out and then they can't get back. The interesting thing about that is um, I graduated college in 2011 and there was a uh, quarterback for Arkansas named Ryan Mallett and he's 35 years old. He played in the NFL. I mean, talk about an athlete and he recently died. I think it was uh, this past weekend uh, down in Destin and he, it was about two o'clock in the afternoon. He's swimming against one of these rip currents and I don't know if he just didn't know how to get out of it or if it was an undertow. I'm not really sure. Um, but the bottom line is a extremely athletic person, yeah. you know, ends up getting swept out and dying. And there was 11 other people that have died in the last like two weeks out there. And I was looking at them and some of them were 38, 39 to 70 years old. So, you know, there's a wide range of, of people that died. So we're taking some time and talking about all this stuff that's happening right now. But you were telling me about how this sort of reminds you of stuff that was happening in Jesus' time. So tell me a little bit about that. Yeah. So um, really interesting. Um, it reminded me of a story of when some guys came up to Jesus and said, Hey, um, have you heard about the, uh, Galileans who Pilate mixed their blood in with a sacrifice, which was like super bad to the Jewish people, you know, one sacrifice, human sacrifice, their blood being mixed into the sacrifice, very bad thing. And, uh, and then Jesus says, yeah. And he asks them a question. He said, do you think these Galileans were any worse sinners than any other Galileans? And, uh, you know, it was rhetorical. It doesn't say that anybody answered back. And then he gives another example. He says, hey, uh, what about that tower that fell recently? The Tower of Siloam uh, that fell on 18 people. 18 people died. He said, do you think that um, those were any worse sinners than anyone else in Jerusalem? And he said, no. He said, they weren't. But if you don't repent, you'll likewise perish. So he was making the point that, um, you know, repentance is what God is looking for to change, to turn. And that's um, why God gives us so much time here. He's trying to give us that repentance, that turning. And um, so that is the, the, I guess, the bad news that there are people that won't repent. But the good news is this is where the gospel comes in. And it's that Jesus came and he paid the penalty that we deserved. Okay, so. Uh, God is just and he has to bring the penalty toward he wouldn't be a just judge if he didn't come and uh, and give everybody the same penalty. And the Bible says the wages or the, the payment that we get for sin is death. But the gift of God through Jesus Christ is eternal life. So that's what he's he's pointing at. He's like, you have to repent. You have to turn to me. Otherwise, you're going to perish just like these. So so my question is, do you think that this billionaire and his son and this guy who built the ocean Titanic deal or, or Ryan Mallett, the quarterback is any worse center than any, anybody else. 
No, it, the Bible says that all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Right. A lot of a lot of people are like, well, they must have been bad people, or you know, we still have that mentality today. These these must have just been bad guys. I mean, yeah, that bad rich guy and that bad quarterback that was probably not a, a good guy or whatever. We don't know. But ultimately, the idea is that we're all going to stand before God one day. And it doesn't mean that there some of them may not have been Christians. We don't know. But um, we're all going to stand before God one day. And, and I was thinking about this. Uh, if you've ever seen that movie um, with Ryan Reynolds. Free guy. Free guy. Free guy. Yeah. And, um, you know, he was like in a video game and he kind of figures out he's in a simulation and you could like hit a button and you could see like your your health or your life above you. What if we could actually walk around and see, oh, that guy's got two weeks left. He's got two years left. He's got 20 years left. How would we live our life if we knew that we were on a clock? You Imagine know? if you're just like walking on the street and you see a dude who says like three days right there, you're going to go spread the gospel. You're going to go tell him about Jesus because he might not be saved. Right. And it's like we need to live on that time clock. Lord willing, we'll, we'll live long lives, but we don't know. Uh, today, um, actually, I didn't tell you this, but one of our contractors, um, he uh, he got into a bad wreck, totaled his van. He just got a new van. He thought, I mean, it's a really nice van. And he pulls out, stop sign, somebody runs it, hits him. Uh, one of his workers got hurt. And, uh, and then my nanny, who kind of keeps our kids, her... Um, nephew who's younger than her just all of a sudden dead found him dead at the house and there was no it was natural causes but you just never know and so um i uh i know that at the end of our lives when everything settles out we want to hear well done good and faithful servant so our admonition to you is like if you don't know jesus you need to get to know him you know um not in a religious way like but in a in a way where you come to know him and have a relationship with him read your bible pray he's real and he really does have a plan for your life if you'll seek him it says that as many as he foreknew he also predestined meaning that he knows what you're going to choose before you choose it and those who choose him he actually uh, infuses with a destiny so um, he's got a good plan for your life if you'll turn to him that's what repentance is it means to turn turn from your way of life turn towards god and it'll be the best thing you ever did. So if you take away anything from this episode, it'll be turn to Jesus and it'll be the best decision that you'll ever make. So we'll see you in the next one. Thanks for watching. See ya.